Manos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome to Million... I started there. Welcome to Million Dollar Agent. How are you guys? Thank you. Very good. Hey guys, we are. We won't edit that out, Tom. We're going to let your imperfections be part of your perfection. And you know what the nice thing is, John? It shows that Tom Panos is actually human. He's not superhuman. He does make mistakes. He does have little things that he does like that. that so I'm so happy because normally I'm in awe of listening to Tom as soon as he does his intro. Troy, I reckon our listeners would be acutely aware of all our imperfections. <laughs> I'm not sure we've been able to hide until this point our multiple imperfections, but we'll move on. Tom, how are you? I'm very good, John. Coming from Adelaide, I know Troy's in uh, Melbourne and you're in uh, Sydney. And uh, I want to thank you so much, uh, John. Your 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 presentation at Kickstart for the Real Estate Gym last week was absolutely impeccable. It was thank like you. you totally reinvented. Like I looked at every slide there, new content, um, um, new images. You've always, John. I noticed you you've got a, a passion for ensuring not only that the content's good, but the way that it's presented on screens. I even remember at a young age when I first came to do the presentation for you and McGrath's, you pretty much took my presentation 10 minutes before I'm about to... Do you remember it? You took my presentation 10 minutes before I'm about to go on and you said, hey, we need to clean this up. And pretty much we had a new presentation in 10 minutes. Font changed, headings changed, colours changed. It's funny, it's interesting, I often say to the team, in fact, I said it at your real estate gym group last week, Tommy, that preparation is free and even though the three of us are now doing, you know, quite a bit of public speaking and presentations to smaller, larger groups, including things like today, um, I, I find that, I mean, that morning I remember I texted you at about 5.36 a.m. I was at a cafe and I was going through what I was going to present and I was trying to think through the audience and what would be a good message or set of messages. I think I texted you and I said, I feel like I'm going to give one of the better presentations I've ever given. And and look, I think that's my goal when I speak every time is to how do you reinvent yourself in an authentic way so it's real but it's fresh. And I think, you know, even with the agents listening here that may not be doing public speaking, you know, if you're an auctioneer and you've got to turn up and do eight auctions a week, I say to Scotty Kennedy-Green and our team, everyone for the vendor and the buyers has got to feel like it's your first and only auction. And the same with listing presentations. Some people say, oh, God, you know, I've got four listing presentations. It's a good problem to have. But, you know, every vendor, that's their first listing presentation. And it has to feel fresh and uh, topical and relevant and personal and customised and not cookie cutter. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, and you know, so all I do, what I do is I, I'm continually trying to evolve. So every day I'm being curious about what works for people and like you guys, tapping into all sorts of social media and quotes and podcasts and, and so forth. And um, so that's a key one. And the second, and the second one is just, um, you know, keep working on your game to be better is, you know, living living by example. So, yeah, no, it's fun. I I'm, I'm appreciate that. But I know we've got some pretty important topics for the next couple of weeks to cover. John, you had a, you had a slide that particularly uh, got my interest and it was, a simple Excel document that was colour-coded and then I was looking at it from the back of the room and it was a, a beautiful slide explaining how you'd picked it up online on someone that was organising. What Was it a, a party they were organising? Yeah, I'll send it to you so you can put it up for our listeners or you can give uh, your, your gym people or all our listeners really, I guess. Yeah. So this was, I was, I was going through a, um, I think it was like a blog, Troy. You've seen this one and basically it was a Gantt chart 
so people Google if you don't know what it is, but basically it kind of sets out milestones and when you start things and when you finish them and what order they get done in. And they'd done a, a semi-comprehensive, well, a, quite a comprehensive Gantt chart for a Thanksgiving dinner. So basically, you know, there was the cooktop, there was the oven, there was the, the warmer, there was a preparation bench and there was like what time Jimmy starts preparation, cuts the potatoes and what time you put this on and what time you put that on. And, and I guess my point was, hey, I thought it was just brilliant, you know, it was brilliant. But secondly is, you know, the, that person who created that, their Thanksgiving dinner was better organised than most people in the room's prospecting business or listing approach. And I said, you know, we talk about Troy going from amateur to professional. Well, that's a professional way of organising your Thanksgiving dinner. And some people might roll their eyes and say, oh, that's over the top. And it probably is, and I was a bit tongue-in-cheek. But, like, it, what's not over the top is organising your listing presentation so it has, like, absolute precision and covers all the topics and it deals with the important things. So I'll send it to you because I think it's kind of fun. So my, my life is around how do I raise my standards? I expose myself to things and people and activities that are working at a higher vibration or a higher standard and that helps me lift my standard up. So I'll send that because it's quite a good uh, good one. I'll actually do it now. Thank you. Now, uh, John and Troy, I sat through uh, Phil Harris's presentation in my gym, and there was one slide that I looked at, and this is going to be the topic of what we're going to talk about today. It's fresh in my mind, and I think it's totally relevant, and that is, are you the easiest agent in your market to deal with? And because of the fact that right now there are other industries that have really taken it to a new level on the way that they deal with a customer. There's this feeling that when a client gets out of an Uber and then goes into a listing presentation with an agent coming over, that they're going to get the same speed and the same easiness that they did in their other product or service experience. So what I thought we'd do, Troy and John, is talk about are you the easiest agent in the market? And just go through some of the things that are clunky and create friction with customers out in real estate land. So um, Phil Phil Harris from Harris Real Estate, that great uh, real estate agent slash trainer, talked about four or five things that create friction. And I'd love to go through these things. And I'll start off with one of the ones that I know, John, this is very dear to your heart, and that is, price guides on every property so consumers aren't walking through like david jones with no price tags on anything yeah Tom, just before we go into the i'd love to um first is just i loved your uber metaphor because uh uber's not perfect but uber has taken the whole you know sort of journey through taxi type activities to a new level what uber did i reckon and i don't know this i haven't read an in intimate case study but i reckon they looked at the pain points of getting a cab or getting transportation and they said, what do people hate? They, they hate sitting on the phone waiting for someone to answer it. They hate not knowing when the cab's going to arrive. They hate getting into a, a cab. They don't know if their cab or it's not their cab. They hate it when the cab's dirty. They don't know how much it's going to cost. They hate, you know, pulling over and having to pull a credit card out while people are tooting the horn. So they kind of very, very smartly just worked out a technological solution to the half a dozen pain points. So I think for the listeners, first thing to do would be um, work out you know, who are your main customers, buyers and sellers in the main, and what are their pain points, and then figure that out. So let's go to one of them, price guides. So if you lined 100 buyers up and, and you said, what what do you hate about dealing with our industry? 
here are the things, Troy, I reckon they'd say. They'd say, we hate it that it's hard to get the information that's relevant sometimes. And I'm going to go to price guides in a minute. We hate it that it's hard to get a hold of agents. You know, we hate it that we always play telephone tag. We hate it when we eventually get a hold of agents. They talk in riddles. Ah, we don't know and they're evasive and we're not sure and I'll have to get back to you. And so that's either through lack of knowledge or through unpreparedness to be transparent. And and Ray Dalio that I talk about a lot and I talked about it, your Jim Tommy talks about radical transparency is coming to a town near you meaning someone in your market either is or is about to become radically transparent and swamp the market because they're going to put price guides on everything, they're going to talk straight, they're not going to talk in riddles, and they're going to have all the information up on their website, and they're going to be easy to access, and and they're going to do a whole range of things. So price guides are the no-brainer. Every buyer, the most relevant, the most relevant thing for them is actually price because everything else to a degree is flexible. Like, you know, I want to live in a house, but if I can't afford it and I want to live in that suburb, Tommy, okay, I'm going to have to look at a townhouse or an apartment. But price, I've got a budget and I can't go beyond my budget. So price, let's assume, that is the most important thing because I can change every other decision. So if price is the most important thing, then you have to make it easy to know approximately what is this property likely to, where is the bidding? And it's not a reserve price and it doesn't even have to be a final price. It's got to be a ballpark range. So I look at it, and for some godforsaken reason, other real estate brands in the past have kind of taught in classrooms, amazingly, don't give price out, be evasive, ask what they think, don't tell them. And I think, you know, I don't think that ever worked, by the way, but if that did work 20 years ago, it certainly doesn't work today because all you're doing is frustrating buyers and therefore annoying the marketplace and therefore buyers are sellers and they talk to sellers. So I just think price guides are such a no-brainer. And why do people not use price guides? Because they're afraid to have an honest conversation about the real comparables and the real way to maximise price, which is starting at a level that the market can't argue with. And then we build on that and then we get competitive tension and we get as many people interested and emotionally connected and then ultimately, that'll that'll deliver the best price. But Troy, what are your thoughts? I don't want to couldn't agree couldn't agree more um, in the the way that you've just mentioned that John. People want convenience, and I always remember growing up um, with the Uber and the taxi scenario. Mum and Dad used to call the taxi switchboard, and they used to hang up and get super excited if we had to wait an hour for the taxi to come and pick us up from home. The reality of that is now, if you wait longer than three minutes for an Uber, you're normally cancelling that Uber and you're going and picking the next one that's, or you're rebooking one that's close by. So ultimate convenience, transparency wins 100% of the time. And John, we've seen a lot of agents really up the ante this year, um, as in start of 2019, with information they're giving to the market, whether that be by video, whether that by Instagram story, or whether that just be providing great detail at their open for inspections. Those that have a calm focus are seeing the greatest results because they're having those crucial conversations up front and they know the client's expectations are going to be met. Yeah, Troy, I think you use, what was the word used before convenience? Um, Radical? Anyway, the word I like to, to, to even add to up it a bit higher is extreme convenience. And as, I think I got that from Dalio in Principles. And it's like extreme convenience and radical transparency. Imagine if you embodied extreme convenience, and we haven't talked about vendors yet, we're talking more about buyers, but extreme convenience and radical transparency. He talks about radical transparency and integrity. You will become the agent of choice 
above every single other person if you can actually embody and live don't just talk about you live those things so i think you know price guys what was the other ones tommy that uh filmed yeah, some of the other ones were um all the information listed online example you know rates the floor plan the strata fees you know uh, the clear open house time. So because there's a look, we've got to accept that there's a group of consumers that don't want to speak to an agent. They want to be self-serve. They want to get as much information themselves to make the decision on whether they want to take the next step. So um, that was one of them. That, that's a no-brainer, Tommy. And, and, and like one of the activities that I'm trying to make, I don't, I don't like you as the word mandatory with our team, but I'm, I'm trying to have everyone use best practice, put it that way, is pests and building report. Upon listing the property, and there are some companies around there that will actually do the report up front, and then the buyers can buy it as they come through. Um, but my view is, you know, what do buyers hate? They hate not knowing what the price is. They hate getting to a property, uh, so that, and 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 all of a sudden, I'd like to bid on it, but I don't want to spend another five hundred dollars because I've already bought three person building reports and missed out on three auctions. So I might just wait and see if it passes in. So. Yeah, you get a pest and building report or and or strata search up front. I mean, this is great. So I agree with Phil. The, the absolute important data to make a decision must be online. That's where everyone's looking nowadays. But things that don't have to be online but I would recommend would be things like a pest and building report. Make it easy for people to get emotionally connected to the property. Don't make it hard. And yeah. what makes it hard is, oh, Mr. Panos, you're interested, are you? Okay, well, why don't you go away and find a builder and talk to them and then pay them 500 and then they'll ring me and we'll then play telephone tag and three days later they'll get a pest and building report. And if you miss out on auction, that's another $500 down the drain. If you're not getting a pest and building report, that's exactly what you're telling them to do. So... I think yeah, you know, we've got to make it easy for people to participate and even with vendors, rather than have them get five pest and building reports done at different times for their property and five inconveniences and manholes cut and workmen through their property, just get it done once up front, be radically transparent. If there's a problem, you can deal with it because you know what it is. You can either fix it before you go to market or you can explain it and get a quote for it. I mean, this is the agent of today not the old-fashioned. And I reckon in the industry, Tommy, you travel around a bit, I reckon there might be 20% of the industry that are kind of operating in the way we're talking, price guides, pest and building reports and so forth. That's the opportunity, and it's not just an opportunity to make more money and sell more property. It's actually the threat that if you don't start going in this direction, you're going to be swamped by the person that makes it extremely convenient. Okay, John, let's talk about the other side of it, and that is the vendor experience. And, you know, it's really interesting because the two things, and I think I think when an agent gets called out to to look at a property and do what we call is a listing presentation or for a, a, a vendor, it's to see what their property's worth and how the whole process is going to be, there's a tendency, there's a small group of agents that don't want to actually touch the two subjects that the client wants the most. And that is most vendors, when they call you out, they want to get an idea of what your view the property is going to be in the marketplace, which is the price. And they want to find out, you know, what's this whole process transaction going to cost between commission and marketing. And and I do know that there's, a you know, that, that people have been trained to say, hey, build rapport, you know, talk about common interests, talk about the, you know, the football trophy you see up on the wall. But we've got time poor consumers that have rushed home to be there for this meeting. And let's just talk about some of these things that 
consumers really, really like from an agent in terms of when they're selling. The first thing I'd say, guys, is make it easy and send calendar appointments. Like I think this is going to increasingly happen where when you make an appointment, an Outlook calendar appointment goes into people's diaries or or and or an SMS confirming it to the client. Yeah, brilliant. I love those calendar invites. I'm not, I actually don't do them a lot myself. I love it when people send them to me. <clears throat> I need to get more into it. But uh, I agree. They're, I mean, they're great examples of little things, confirmation text on the morning of the meeting, <clears throat> just so everyone's clear about time and place. Um, and a calendar invite makes it really easy. But you talked before, Tommy, about price. Um, well, you've got to ask a question of a vendor up front. My view is, you know, Tom, what sort of ballpark? do you think your home is in from a price perspective because I want to bring some comparables so we can have a meaningful discussion on the day. Because <clears throat> if you arrive and, and you're not sure what it's likely to fetch and you don't bring comparables or you bring the wrong comparables, it's a hard conversation because then it's all subjective and it's your, your opinion against another agent's against the vendors. So I think that you need to prepare for it up front. <clears throat> Excuse me. You need to ask the right questions and then bring the right information then the price conversation, I think, becomes relatively easy because you lay out the three, four or five, no more than five, but I think three would be good as a minimum, most relevant sales to that particular home you're sitting in and describe those, you know, show the vendor the, the property and the floor plans and, and what it's sold for. And then you have a, a good conversation about do they agree that these are relevant? Um, other than that, it's all subjective and it's going to end up in, in probably a bad place, which means you give your honest assessment and it's less than they'd hoped for and they choose someone else. Um, or you agree with their optimistic and potentially unrealistic assessment and you list the property and you can't sell it. So you've got to go in fact-based and and have that discussion. So I think that's that's really critical. I, Bro, have you got yeah, any- I was going to say, John and Tom, I also think that a lot of agents right now have fallen into the trap where they do have three, four, five listing presentations maybe in the, over the course of a day. And it's not a lackadaisic approach, but it's somewhat complacency that comes in and they just go in and, and kind of say the same agent speak that we've become um, very cu- accustomed to in regards to these are the three comparable sales. We're going to build rapport because we're going to look at the jersey on the wall and we're not really adding a lot of value. So the preparation thing that we spoke about earlier on in this podcast, preparation is free. What value are you going to give? What insights are you going to give that's really going to make you stand out to that vendor and make them make them want to choose you as opposed to just going, oh yeah, most of the agents have said this price range and they've used these comparable sales that I also saw online and I researched myself. If we don't differentiate, we become the same. And I think that's the biggest difference of where we can add value and why vendors will be more inclined to want to know more. And you're right, Tom, everyone is time poor. So how do we make ourselves stand out that we're adding enough value that they see value in the time they're spending with us? And Tommy, as you know, the the statistics or the the case studies or research tells that one of the most stressful parts is choosing an agent from a vendor. What are the vendor's pain points? Choosing an agent because they kind of all look the same and, as Troy just said, really nicely talk the same. Um, so how do you make it easy to differentiate and choose you? And the second one is getting the property ready for sale and all the items that have to be done, whether it's detailing, cleaning, gardening, florist work, repair work, whatever. Um, so you should have a little mini team of people, not necessarily employed by you, but accessible by you and giving you priority, 
that are really like a home preparation team. And you say, Tom, you know, I can get the home ready for you on your behalf very quickly. I've got great tradespeople. They, they'll operate fast. There's kind of 24-hour turnaround. And they give my clients great rates and I can take that pressure off you. So, again, it's what can you do to make it easy for a vendor to say yes and get their home ready through you. And there's there's – I had a, a family friend that had an agent go out and see them in November and I was surprised. I, I mean, I was very, very surprised when they said to me, the agent sort of said, you know, um, I'll get you a proposal done and I'll get a nice detailed pack and I'll get it uh, sent out to you and you'll get it um, tomorrow. And they didn't get it for five days. So um, this thing about fast turnaround, you know, when, when, when you say you're going to do something there and then, that it doesn't end up becoming three or four or five days if you turn around and say, hey, you know, I'm going to get this and this will be um, out to you, you know, by tomorrow. So speed is another thing that people totally value in this new world, isn't it? Yeah, critical, Tommy. In fact, you know, I say to our guys, you should have your listing, pre-listing booklet information on their desk within 60 minutes for hanging up the phone from their initial invite. That's the sort of speed I think is critical. And let's face it, most of the properties we're servicing are within a very short drive of our office. So if something physically needs to get there as opposed to digitally, I mean, digitally should happen in real time, but physically um, drop it off. If they're working in the city, that might be different. But if you can drop it to their home. So I, I agree with you. Speed and speed is not just convenient. It tells a tale of who they're dealing with. A, you're organised, and B, you have a sense of urgency. So I'm in my mind thinking, well, Tom's likely to get the house sold quicker than someone else because these other agents, you know, they're taking days to get things done and Tom's are happening in real time. So I know the bug is organised and, and I know he's got a sense of urgency. And the other part of that is, John and Tom, that it's a customer wow moment. If you have something beautiful arrive at your place of business or your, your home and you're there and you unwrap it and it's some really valuable information that's going to better prepare you to ask better questions at the listing appointment, then that's a wow experience. And you're going to outpace and outpassion the market by doing those two things. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and just a final thing, Tom, because I think we're running out of time, but the final thing on, on price, sorry, on, on fees, you know, I think in a lot of ways, and we'll go into this, you know, at other times we have and we will again in more depth, but the fee bit should be relatively easy because we're not asking for anything up front. We're asking to be paid appropriately when we get you a great outcome. So it shouldn't be that hard, but I think what you need to do is you need to have boundaries you need to know what are you prepared to negotiate and be flexible to and what are you not because people sense that if you say oh look i'll have to think about that and ring my sales manager all that is is saying you're not sure about what you're worth and it's going to take longer if someone says look i can't do it at that figure but here's what i can do i'm prepared to do a 0.2 percent um uh adjustment to the fees on the basis that you're ready to move forward now and you'd like to get going and you're going to be investing six thousand in marketing up front so based on that i'm prepared to do that if you're prepared to move forward now so you need to have a view on what are you worth and what's your walk away price and and be able to be clear and clean about coming to that beautiful before we leave this podcast i want to let everyone listening to this know that by now they would have received the ARIC brochure for mm. 2019. That should be sitting at their desk by now. It's June to June 3. So go to your calendar invites or if that's the method that you use for your appointments, lock that in. Uh, John and Troy, 
I've actually heard some of the speakers that are speaking at ARIC. I was actually in Perth the, or the day before yesterday listening to Daniel Gonzalez. Um, so let me just quickly run through what I think the theme of ARIC 2019 is. It's about people that have had major capacity to turn over a lot of transactions. Like some years, we've got a lot of speakers that are just writing the four, five, six million. We've got that as well. But in addition to that, we've got people that are doing 250 deals a year. And I've already started looking at some of the presentations. And this, this, this conference, I think, is going to be about what you've got to do, how you've got to do it to do major capacity in a world that's changed, where some of the urgency has come out of the market. And what is it that these top deal makers are actually doing to actually create large volumes of transactions? What are the processes? What are the systems that they have in place? What are the structures that they've got operated in their team? And I'm really excited. John and Troy, do you want to add any to that? I mean, you've seen the brochure. You've seen the people that we've got speaking. Look, I think you've summed it up really well, Tommy. Each year we learn a bit from the year before, and each year it's our commitment, the three of us and Nicola and the team, to do better than the last year. And obviously further down the track you go, that more challenging that becomes. But I think we keep delivering. And you're right, what we do here is people love hearing from the James Tostevans and the Phil Harrises and the Gavin Rubensteins and those people that are doing the meet because it's, it's kind of aspirational and it's almost like hearing from a, a Hollywood superstar and that's good because it draws you in that direction. But they all also want to hear about the people that have only been in real estate for two years and are already doing 80 sales and their average sale price is $200,000 per property, not their average commission, their average sale price. And, and so we've, we, I think we've balanced probably better than ever before the combination of relatively new people, high volume, superstars. They're kind of, there's something for everyone. And I think yeah. everyone is for everyone because even if you've just started, you want to hear what your, your mega performers are doing. Um, and if you've been in the game for 10 years, you want to hear what everyone's doing. You want to hear what the newbies are doing. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's it's a pretty pretty hot program. And, of course, on day two, we're going to be – probably you'll be interviewing Tommy Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank and probably more important for our industry, one of the greatest real estate brokers – starters of business called Corcoran's in New York, which is now massive. Um, and uh, that's going to be exciting to be sort of hearing from Barbara because um, I reckon she's in the zone. I reckon she's – look, I don't know. I'm going to be rude here and take a stab that she might be 70 or, or so years of age. She looks like 40. She's amazing. Um, but I reckon she's in the zone now. I, I've kind of seen her and, and, and heard her do a few things of late, and I don't think she's ever been seeing the ball clearer you know, using a cricket parlance there, you know, seeing it better and clearer. And so uh, she, she's going to be a highlight for me, even though she physically won't be there. It'll be like that because we're beaming her in. So that'll be a good one. And any other things, Troy? No, I'm just looking at the program, John and Tom. And it, regardless of the price point that you're currently operating in your market, there's going to be lessons and learnings in, from every single speaker. Like I'm Tom Hector's on the list, Dominic Maxwell, Alex Minton, Cindy Kennedy. Like there's just so many speakers that I'm just going to take so much content away that's going to be easy to put into business straight away. And I think that's the greatest thing about Eric over the last couple of years is We've had speakers that are real estate professionals that have given content that everyone, if they took two or three things, they could walk away, write them down, implement them in their business the week following Eric, and they'd have a much greater business in the next 12 months if they implemented and followed through with everything that they wanted to. You know the exciting thing, and, and I hope that we actually get some case studies of this. I'm sure we probably already have it and may not know about it. I reckon someone could start in real estate the day of Eric or the month of Eric 
never been in it, come from another industry, take on board all the stuff they hear, put it into a simple plan the day after ARIC and be a million-dollar rider in their first year without doubt uh, and one of the best in the industry. There's that much content and information. And the other thing which I think is always not misunderstood but probably people don't think about, it's the networking, relationships, contacts, the people, the friendships you build while you're there that you can then ring and say, hey, Tommy Hector or Phil, how many? You know, people generally at that level of, of, of elite performance are often very generous and, you know, they have to look after their business and be focused. But most of the time, if you establish a genuine relationship, you've kind of got it for life. So, yeah, that's going to be good. So we'll, we'll, we should even interview a couple of these speakers that are coming on board, maybe some of the overseas ones somewhere between now and, and Eric, just to kind of give people a, a taste of what's coming. Beautiful. And we will do that. John Troy, thank you once again. That was uh, episode 213. We look forward to speaking to you all next week. So have a good week, guys. All the best. See you, Tommy. See you there.